Today's podcast is sponsored by Labyrinth Marketing, a strategic marketing and capability consultancy who strives to step change the growth of your brands, people, and agencies. We do that by helping you develop that long-term strategic direction that will step change your growth, but also help you to bring that to life through training, coaching, mentoring, and extra resource. Hello, and welcome to the Whole Marketer Podcast. Today's podcast is a general podcast around marketing competencies. As with other episodes, on today's podcast, we'll be discussing what marketing competencies our guest believes that marketers of today need to possess. Before I welcome today's guest, Raj Kumar, onto the podcast, let me tell you why continuing to discuss marketing competencies is so important. As marketing continues to evolve, as does the skills and roles we hold within the profession. Developing marketeers within our care as individuals, whilst ensuring the capability of a team as a whole, remains a balancing act for many. A team whose skill set that allows us to understand the breadth that we need in order to develop and deliver long-term commercial success. We need to do this whilst also ensuring that those specialist roles also understand the depth that their role has in delivering the overall commercial delivery and to aid the future development of not only the team, but as our profession as a whole. Today's guest is Raj Kumar, an award-winning marketing executive who has grown and transformed major global brands across sectors and geographies, including Aviva, Nokia, and Siemens. His focus is on building an inclusive, open, and curiosity-driven culture that does not accept the status quo. Raj has delivered best-in-class results by combining the art of the creative together with a data-driven commercial mindset, impacting the life of 200 million users and customers. Awarded Campaign Magazine's Top 10 UK Marketeers for 2021, Marketing Week's 100 Most Effective Marketers in the UK for 2020 and 2021, and voted Financial Services Marketeer of the Year 2020. He's a fellow of the Marketing Society and an active member with the 30% Club for aspiring marketers from ethnic minority backgrounds. Raj is a trustee for the PTI, one of the Prince of Wales charities, and Swim England, the national governing body for swimming in England. He's a graduate of Delhi University, where he did a BA Honours in Economics, before then completing his MBA for Mangalore with a major in both marketing and finance. Raj, welcome to today's podcast. So Raj, welcome to the Whole Marketer podcast. Thank you for having me. So as always, we always start with a big juicy question. And today's big juicy question is a nice broad question. What do you see the role of marketeers is today? That's a good question, actually. For me, marketing has and always will be about growth and implementing that in a way which is aligned to business strategy. So I feel and I think that every marketer joins a company to grow the company's franchise. And how one goes about it, of course, varies. And for me, the underlying team is always growth. The underlying team is always executing on the business strategy. I think we get distracted sometimes with other requests, whether it's pet projects from senior executives or ESG credentials or purpose or whatever. But I think growth and marketers, I think, also need to be a bit better at saying no. I definitely agree it's about growth. As you know, I always go on about commercial growth and driving the long-term strategy. How many businesses, brands, industries do you think truly understand the role and the beauty of marketing is there to deliver growth? I think very few. To be honest, one of my pet peeves is that marketing is getting more and more reduced to campaigning. And for me, it is so much more than a campaigning function or an advertising function. 
because growth can come in so many different ways. So many different skills are needed for growth. And marketers should really be stepping up to help these companies grow, to be in the room, to bring the outside in when you're thinking about strategy. The customer's voice, of course, the most important stakeholder. And then actually executing on that. So I think the role of marketing is not as well understood and not as well defined in different businesses or industries, in fact. And why do you think that is? It's a good question. I, I guess there's so many different reasons to it. I don't know how it has evolved into becoming much more about campaigns. Back in the older days, I think that you know marketers made great CEOs. And they used to have quite a few CEOs coming from that background. But now it's more from the finance background or other and not for marketing. And I think that is because we have lost touch with our pricing skills, product development proposition skills, you know, even insight and research and data science, etc. is sort of coming in now, which should actually enable us to have the tools to be much more influential in the company. But I think the silos of how it is designed, even internal comms, external comms, marketing, is sort of being confined into one area at the end of the strategic pipeline. I agree. And there's two parts in that, which I think are fundamental to if you're working and you're listening to this thinking I'm not in an organization or a business or a brand that yet that has seen the beauty and the potential of marketing that we are here to grow and deliver the growth deliver the commercial number I often say the two things that are going to help you bridge or have a as you said earlier a seat at the table are one insight so actually spending the time to have deeper rooted emotional connection and understanding of our customers and consumers wants and needs. So I agree. And also the second, the commercial skills. So I think there's one around the effectiveness, but if we really want to be taken seriously, it's about starting to talk the board's language, talk about whatever financial measure it is that's important within your business and showing that what we're doing is laddering up towards that. Oh, 100% right. 100%. I think it is so important for marketers to understand how their company truly makes money and makes profit. And it's not from a theoretical sense of, you know, my product is priced at that and I'm making a profit of this. Or I have a bank account and the bank account is being priced at, you know, five quid a month and I'll give it to you free if you have X, Y, and Z on it. All these are actually quite intricate and technical as Mm -hmm. to what goes into making up that price. Are you a cost plus? What is the cost base? Could you change the cost base? What is the different proportion of profit coming from your different product range portfolio? I think marketers really need to understand that rather than push the product which is sort of easiest to push or the senior most person on a table wants to push. And that for me is the path to growth, really understanding not just the customer, but understanding how your company makes their money and makes their profit. What goes into it? So I think we're both aligned on the role that marketers should play and we're aligned on the growth agenda that marketing should possess and lead. Hmm. What skills do you believe marketers today should possess in order to be able to really lead that growth agenda in addition to insight and commercials and also knowing your pricing and your product portfolio that we've just mentioned now? So for me, you know, it's very interesting that the entry point into marketing is quite varied. So for many disciplines, one studies it and then goes into it. Whereas in marketing, I found people from such different backgrounds from HR people end up in marketing, salespeople and engineering people, biotech people. So I think What is great is that there are so many different people with different backgrounds and skills that find their way into marketing somehow or the other. It's an advantage because it widens the pool and it also sort of brings in extra thinking from these disciplines that people have been in. But it's also a disadvantage because people don't understand the various facets of marketing like we've been talking about right now. And so the breadth of skills 
if these people are to develop as marketers, really does matter. You need to know what are the levers that you can pull to get that growth. What all can marketing do across its various facets from data science to insight, pricing, et cetera, we've been talking about. So for me, breadth of skills is important because of that, because the path to growth is quite twisted and one needs to know what levers they have at hand. And for me, the skills that they need is quite broad as well. So I think marketers need to be commercially savvy, Mm -hmm. technically savvy, creatively savvy, and people savvy. And I see that because I feel marketers have the privilege of being not only representing the inside of the company outside, but also representing the most important stakeholder, which is the customer on the inside. We're most connected to all departments. And why I say commercially, one has to be able to speak the language of the CFO or the board, as you've just also said, talk about ROI, talk about money. Technically these days, because marketing has become quite technical as well. It wasn't back in you know 20 years ago, it wasn't so. So you need to speak to the CIO and the CTO about your tech stacks and how you're going to integrate various systems that you want or create. Creatively, of course, we're aware of, but even people-wise, because so many companies now want to talk about the employee value proposition. They want to talk about purpose. They want to talk about culture, attract the right talent. And marketing is involved in those conversations. Mm-hmm. So for me, it is, it's the mix of all those things. And that's why I feel good marketers will make great CEOs because of all these skills that they would possess. Yeah, and these are all the skills that we do want them to possess. But I'm also mm. thinking the point that you just made on the people and the culture and also that now kind of starting to sit on the door of marketing when we've already had to expand our roles so significantly over the last 20 years from kind of a support function focused on comms and delivery of plans and execution and things that people were tangibly seeing. Mm. That definition that you said at the beginning around advertising and comms, which we still have to do. Of course. But also now... The commercial, the insight, the product portfolio, the development of products and services, the value proposition, all of that. Now also the whole culture of the organization. Do you think that's fair? I don't know if fair comes into it. I think it's quite exciting, really. So many marketers are here want to be leaders of their company, you know, CEOs of companies, etc. I think that's what a great leader and a CEO does. So for me, it's a great opportunity and quite exciting. You don't have to do everything, of course. I think building great teams to ensure that all these different parts are working wonderfully. Developing your teams is a part of it because for me, I think one person is not capable of doing anything else and that's where the fairness of it comes in, I guess. But it is how you have developed as a leader and how you're developing your teams that really matters then because that workload is then equally sort of spread out against a very capable, high-performing team. And if you look at the olden days, you know, the old brand managers of P&G, Unilever, etc., they were like little mini CEOs. They had mm. the pricing, the distribution, the product, et cetera, with them. And therefore, you found a lot of that generation became CEOs, whether the CEOs of the companies like BT or, of course, of the big CPGs anyway. But I think that is something that got lost in the last 25 years, maybe. I agree. And, you know, I think back to my historic marketing roles, you know, the same as P&G and Unilever. You know, I was a mini MD for every brand that I had. You know, I had full P&L responsibility, even if it included, you know, signing off work patterns and run rates that were coming down yes. the production line <laughs> and, you know, stock that had to be written off because all of those things were going to ultimately come off my profit and loss account. And I think exactly. we've probably gone on the curve of, those businesses that were doing that well and giving that commercial accountability earlier on to those marketeers. And as our breadth of roles have changed, it's almost like we're coming back round to that. Or those that didn't do that the first time round are doing it now. Yeah. And also the way that you described culture just then, I agree with. Because I think 
as a marketing leader or not even as a marketing leader, as a marketer within a business, it really is about, for me, defining the role that you want and need marketing to play within that organization. Yes, I think definitely so. Yeah. And also thinking around, yes, you know, are we responsible for the culture of the whole business? Question mark. We are definitely responsible for the culture of the marketing within our teams and doing so in a way that fits with the wider organizational culture, but maybe not organizational culture as a whole. No, I don't think we are. Firstly, as a leader, you're absolutely right. Whatever function you're leading, we're all responsible for the culture of the organization and all responsible for behaving in the way which is aligned to the culture of that organization. And when I say about culture, I think it is it is working in tandem with HR. I think right now with the digital kind of world we live in, there is no internal and external. Whatever happens internally gets reflected externally quite quickly. Yeah. And for me, because marketeers are the ones who are taking the inside out almost and talking about the firm and its culture and how we think and what is our sort of values, etc., that needs to be reflected on the inside. And therefore, we work hand in hand with our HR colleagues, our people colleagues, because that has to go in lockstep with each other. But they, I feel, are the ones ultimately who are building that entire culture. And we obviously supporting that as marketeers. I agree. Greater collaboration. And it makes me think of the recent Virgin Atlantic advertisement led by Annabelle Cordelli, where mm. they really looked inside Virgin Atlantic to really see what made them different and it was the people yeah and therefore use that as almost the point of difference in their external comms to the marketplace and I really love that piece of work I think it's a really great example of what you just described which is that internal external values people being as one absolutely so when we've been talking before Raj and we've both been on a panel together talking about the modern toolkit that marketeers need today. One of the things that I know that you and I are both really passionate about is that we need to develop our breadth of skills as well as our yeah. depth of skills for those things that maybe we're going to be specialists in or our key competency areas that our marketing within our industry needs to have or within our team. Can you tell us more about that, please? Yes, I think breadth is so important, as I've mentioned before, the paths to growth are so varied and different that one needs to be aware of what are the different tools available to one in marketing to generate that growth. It's funny, you know, I mentor a few marketers and I have done over the past few years also. And when I get what I would call digital marketers come to me and they talk about how they feel that they're not looked upon as strategic at all, how the executive and the management don't see them, see them as sort of short-term specialists who can, you know, pump out stuff quickly, course correct, be agile, all of that. But digital marketers really want to shape the strategy of the company and not just be at the end of the execution flight track. Mm. And they talk about how can they develop their skills. And I feel company misses out a trick if they're not learning about human behavior from those marketeers, actual human behavior rather than stated, which comes from the research, as you know, we're losing a trick. But on the other hand, when I'm entered, got some who come from the brand side, and they ask me about how you know they're seen. They tell me rather how they're seen as the long-term, non-revenue generating, big picture, big idea, creative people, and they feel they don't get the seat at the top table because they don't have the digital and the commercial by default. You know, digital is sort of bound with commercial background together, and therefore they want to develop their skills. So I see. The reasoning happen as one goes through their career journey, that they feel that there is something missing and therefore want to increase, see the need to increase their breadth of skills anyway. 
But to the point we were talking about earlier, I feel even what I've just used as brand marketers and digital marketers is a bit of a lazy shorthand because marketers, you know, are not just about campaigning as we've just talked about. So I don't find those other marketers coming from, say, a product background or a proposition and pricing background coming in as much. And that's where, again, we've lost that skill. So that's another breadth of skill, which is really important. So for me, it is really important. It's like being a GP, you know, you ought to know what is wrong with the patient. You ought to know how you can grow in general, but you have a specialism in some sort, which you can really rely on as well. You can build your specialism as any GP does, I guess, if they want to do. And that is your specialism, but you should be aware what are the constraints, what are the different places in which marketing can have an effect, what are the constraints for those marketers in those departments, and what could help. I couldn't agree more, and I love your GP analogy. I think it's one I might even use, Raj, moving forward. Of course, quoting your good self. (laughs) No problem. And I think what became apparent to me then was when those two roles that you were talking about, the comms role, and then also kind of the digital marketer, both being kind of specialist roles, is one is attached to being able to demonstrate commercial return, maybe only Mm. in the short term, but still demonstrate it all the same. And the other one isn't. And I wonder if, although we are here to lead the commercial agenda, if the wider business doesn't understand the long and short of it, you know, the brand building and the commercial benefits that brings versus digital in the short term, then I guess those roles almost lose their weight and their importance. And as you said, maybe even impacting their career development because they're not getting that commercial exposure because they're not being expected to deliver it, maybe. You're right. You're absolutely right. It's quite interesting you say that. It also has some pitfalls when talking to the digital specialist. The other thing is that, you know, things happen every hour, every day, every minute when you are looking at your digital sort of execution. The platforms that you are working on, the sales that you're getting in are so short term, are so much in real time, I guess, that you're course correcting, you're working. It keeps you really, really busy. So digital for me, what I noticed from speaking to the guys I mentor is that it really keeps you busy because there's always something happening. And what I've noticed that is by default, there isn't any time to actually think about long-term strategy or strategy overall. Whereas in the brand side of things, you know, your brand scores are not going to change overnight. And that allows you a little bit of time to, I guess, think a little bit more long-term and think more strategically because you're not thinking every day, getting input, which is changing and you have to act on those changes. So I think you're right that the commercial lens is lacking But also, there needs to be some overall strategic lens, which is, all this is great, but where are we actually heading? And somebody needs to think a little bit of that long term. So you're right, the long and short of it both does matter. Whereas I think to prove the commercial returns of brand, it's not difficult. It's a question of time. So you could prove it over a couple of years quite well, but you may not be able to prove it over the first month of launching the campaign. And I think that's where it becomes very tricky because in the first month, you can prove the digital thing, of course. And I guess the final thing I'd say is that brand for me is it's almost like a, you know, a family heirloom that is passed from one to the other. One takes good care of it. But what I've seen, especially now over the last 10 years or so, that we've got more and more short term in our vision and our planning, that that heirloom is sort of almost being drawn up down upon because people are inheriting great brands. And knowing that we have this wealth of brand knowledge across the industry for people, for customers know it, etc. There is value in that brand. And people are drawing down on that value, knowing that the two years or three years that I'm CMO or I'm a marketing director or whatever, I can draw that down without it having a material effect. But as you know, you can't keep on drawing down from that tank. At one point of time, there will be nothing. 
and you will be overtaken by your competitors. I always try and think about the equity almost like as a bank account, a sum of money that's in there, you know, your brand being worth a certain amount. And as you say, drawing down on it, you're constantly taking the coins out of the bank in order to keep that brand equity high, you need to keep putting into that pot of money in this case. Maybe not as great analogy as your GP, but there is this credit debit coin in, coin out to a degree because you can draw the equity, but over time, is it still relevant? Is there still enough strength in it for you to continue to leverage it for other growth opportunities? Absolutely right. Now, Raj, one thing I love about you is that you will always put your hand up to help other marketeers in the profession. You've just talked about the mentoring that you do. We've been on panels together. You know, you're always putting your hand up to help in any way you can. What I'd love to hear is about how you personally lead and develop the marketeers in your care within Aviva. So first for me, the important topic is diversity and inclusion overall. Mm-hmm. I have worked, you know, in different sectors and different geographies and in teams with sort of a wide range of abilities and backgrounds. And what I've always noticed is having a diverse team really, really helps because even though companies might talk about wanting to promote diversity and inclusion, what really happens when you do that in practical terms, at least in my experience, is that you get different points of view, which means you get sort of conflict, at least, you know, and companies don't like conflict and leaders don't like conflict. And when you get very diverse teams with points of view, which might be absolutely diametrically opposite to what you believe, you get that conflict and you have to resolve these. For me, it's always been fun doing that because it always, always leads to better decision making. But secondly, what it does is two things for the rest of the team members is to teach them or show them practically the fact that A, there are different points of view, and B, that it's okay to speak up. The amount of companies that I've seen where people are scared or apprehensive, let's just say, of truly speaking up and going against their leader is sort of shocking at times. So for me, the development comes naturally by having a diverse team. That's the first thing. With diversity sort of there in build, I think the second thing is the opportunities to develop. Now, my team members have gone to some of the great programs that we have across in the UK, run by the Marketing Society or Marketing Academy, the Marketing Week Mini MBA. I've had my team members go to all of them. Because I think, firstly, the on-the-job training is a bit of a cop-out. So do I believe people should you know, put up their hands and go and learn by doing on-the-job? Absolutely, 100%. But that is not the only development I see. I think a well-rounded development plan discussed with everybody. Because the second thing I do believe is that development is not just for the top talent or the identified people. It is for everybody, capabilities Mm. for everybody. So have those chats with everybody and see what is the best way forward and how you could help everybody. So for me, those are the kind of things where I feel that you start to get the best from the people. And it's a mixture of external programs because what they do is they give you a different perspective on perhaps the same problem which you're trying to solve within your company. They give you a great network to bounce ideas off in a network of peers across different industries. And they also talk more about leadership than just about if you're in a job, put up your hand for a project. It's very specific as to what you're learning, whereas you're not developing your overall leadership skills, I guess. So for me, it's always internal supplemented by something external. I completely agree. And I'm just smiling and nodding along because the leadership program that I'm about to start next week, actually, does Mm -hmm. talk about developing marketeers in your care and talks about 
not only what is that leadership style that you personally want to have, so in this case, you, Raj, and what principles do you want to bring to the team that reflects mm-hmm. about who you are? So I'm thinking here perspectives. So in this case, through DNI and through network for your team, but also yeah. giving them the safety to speak up so that there is challenge and kind of healthy conflict within the team and debate but also thinking about how you're going to develop the marketeers in your care. And you're right, there is this like need on both sides. There's a need from the individual to put their hand up and have some thought around Mm -hmm. what type of role they want to do next and to get some clarity, maybe with some support on what those technical skills, soft skills, leadership skills, personal understanding they're going to need to get there. But then there's also pieces you say for you, for the marketers in your care to think about what courses you think will add to that and give them that external perspective and maybe close some knowledge gaps while still Mm. thinking about the individual. So not only to meet their own individual career ambitions, and in my opinion, it's also about what they want for their life as a whole and how we can ensure not only they're putting their hands up for projects, but projects that play to the values, projects that are going to get them closer to their goals, giving them the support beyond just projects, as you say, in formal training, or even just the support network around them, whether Mm. that's a mentor, a coach, somebody, a buddy system, whatever that may be, to kind of get that holistic view of the things that they want to be working on that will fill their soul up, combined with delivering their personal professional development as well. That is absolutely bang on. So well articulated. I'm glad you recorded it so I can hear it again and write it down. (laughs) (laughs) I mean it. I mean it. Yes. Love you, Raj. Love you. So I have to hear career highs and lows. They're a bit different, I guess. So I was born, brought up, studied, got my first job in India. I did really well and uh, was asked to, promoted rather, to go out and look after the overall Asia-Pac market. I used to work for Siemens at that time, big tech company. And the first month, I guess, of looking after all these Asian markets was one of the worst and one of the lowest periods I've ever had, actually. Because I landed in a place where I thought I knew everything. You know, I've just got promoted. It's all great, good fun. And I landed knowing, oh my God, how am I going to do the job over here? I don't know these markets at all. I don't understand their history. I don't know the cultural context within which I'm supposed to make things happen. I don't know any of the customers. And I really don't know even basic things like the humor. So if anybody came to me with a marketing program or a campaign or idea, I wouldn't even know whether it was appropriate or not. Mm. So... It was one of those times where I went, this is just a bad idea. I should just simply go back. (laughs) So I had some really deep reflection and thought while I was lying down. And then it sort of just came to me that, you know what? You, Raj, have your own experience, your own functional expertise. And figure out the best way to do it is not through you. It's not just me. And that's something that stayed with me. And therefore, you know, when I talk about team development, etc., that is something that I learned at that point of time, which was... But I have teams on ground in different markets who know exactly what the customer wants, who have the cultural context, and who need you know, their path clearing up, who need development, who need some support for me. And I needed to figure out what that support was and give it to them. And that's the first time when I really realized the power of a great team and having a great team and developing a great team and giving them autonomy and giving them the sort of freedom to go and do stuff because I have their back at the end of the day. So for me, the learning was, uh, the thing goes, I guess, uh, the big T, small me in team. And the fact that I don't succeed and fail, we as a team will succeed and fail. And therefore, for me, developing those high-performing teams, having great people in the team, 
giving them the autonomy, clearing the obstacles. That's what I learned from it from ever. But it came from a very low period of going, I don't know what I'm going to do over here and why am yeah, I here? Yeah. I guess that was my low. A high, well, I thought I'd, at first thing that came to my mind was leading the Aviva's new purpose and brand refresh, et cetera, project. But actually, on thinking about it, what I'd like to say is when I first joined Aviva, I had responsibility for innovation and we were trying to get really digital across our innovation and sort of help the company grow or, you know, retain customers or reduce cost or become more efficient, whatever. And at that time, we were in about 22, 23 markets. We had about 35,000 people. And I didn't want this innovation to be in a little lab where only the chosen few would go and the rest of the company would look upon and go, oh, you know, they're doing something fun and we're not. Mm-hmm. So I wanted something that would go across and touch everybody in the company because everybody in every company has great ideas, some of the best ideas, I guess, about how to do better. So I got pitched for this digital platform to be bought and integrated and, and you know, had to go through various hoops with IT, with legal and everybody, but ultimately made this platform available to all 35,000 employees. The next step was, well, what do we do now? So the insight I had was whenever somebody has an idea, they either tell it to their mate over lunch when they work, or at best, they would go and tell their team leader who would go, oh, that's a great idea, and then carry on their work. And very, very, very rarely might say, you know what, that's a great idea. I might do something about it and then actually do something. So the insight for me was that we need to get that idea more visibility and we need to get people organically working on these ideas. So what we came up with was something we called throw your idea out there on the platform. And we said anybody from any country can work on any idea. So you can build on it. It'll be visible to everyone. When that platform first opened, I had these absolute sort of stomach churning moment going, who's going to be the first person to put up an idea that is going to be visible by 35,000 employees? <laughs> yeah, well, I can imagine that. I can imagine that. Yeah, and we didn't think about preceding it or anything. So it was a bit of a naive attempt going, no, no, it'll happen. And it did happen. So there was this moment of relief going, oh, somebody's actually put up an idea. Great. But I didn't feel good about it till, and I didn't know whether it'll work or not. And then that idea came from a colleague in London. Till somebody in Singapore commented and said, I had a similar idea. Have you thought about building it up like this? And that's the first time I looked at it and I went, I know it's going to work. And we had so thousands of people across the company giving ideas and thousands sort of building on these ideas. And what we did was build these little scrum teams, which had legal people, which had compliance people, which had product people, all of these, whoever was needed to implement all these great ideas. And a lot of them were implemented locally. And some of them were required money, real money behind it. And we made these cross-functional teams and implemented it in a, you know, sort of Dragon's Den style almost to get the visibility for management also. And it really, really brought in many millions of pounds worth of benefit for Aviva. So it was one of those great things where we took something that was there inherent within the company and unlocked the potential. And as I'm listening to you give that career high, for me, you've demonstrated many of the skills that I believe a whole marketer should possess around being a visionary, stepping into your growth and adopting growth mindset, being brave, being creative, you know, all at Mm -hmm. once. And I know that those things are not easy to demonstrate, but hopefully all of our listeners can see the benefits both commercially and personally and for the wider organization that you delivered by adopting all of those. So thank you so much for sharing that example. My pleasure. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time so far today, Raj, on today's podcast. 
we always finish with the following question. Mm-hmm. And you've given us so much advice already, but I'm going to ask it anyways. What one piece of advice would you give to marketeers of tomorrow? I would say, put your hand up, go out of your comfort zone and measure the impact that you have then by more than just your objectives. Go out of your comfort zone, I've already talked a lot about. But what I mean by put up, measure your impact by more than just objectives, I feel objectives, company objectives, whatever you get in your systems and your yearly review or whatever it is, are such a narrow, narrow, narrow view of the impact you're having. So when I think about impact, I think about, did I learn anything over the past year or past six months, whatever it is? Did I build up my network and include and go out and reach out to more, you know, some interesting people who are giving me interesting perspectives? Did I become more resilient? How do my colleagues and how do my teams feel about me? What would they say about me? Have you been visible to your management or not? Have you given back to society? Have you given back to marketing? Have you sort of, you know, showed the ropes to the next junior marketer who walked in? And this is before you even think about mental health or work-life balance and family and everything else. So I feel that the scorecard of success should never be limited to just, I've met my objectives and give me a bonus. Because there are so many other things that go around your working career life. And that will benefit you much more than your objectives will as you progress in your career journey. That's a great piece of advice. And once again, thank you so much for your time on today's podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in to the Whole Marketeer podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please do click follow below for more weekly podcasts. The Whole Marketer book is now available in all good bookstores. And to find out more about how Labyrinth can support and step change the growth of your brand or agency, go to www.labyrinthmarketing.co.uk.